What is it about the Midwest outsiders do not understand? Everyone nods, gives the heartland hello. Surrounded by corn, rivers, and lakes, we are discovering the Midwest's disturbing side. This is Midwest Crime. I'm Nico. And I'm Jess. Thanks for joining us on this voyage. As always, supervision is necessary for anyone who, you know, is young or just can't handle crime. Mm -hmm. We also want to put out there a trigger warning. Um, We are going to cover suicide. Um, There are a few cases in this um, case. Um, (laughs) um, So we just want to make sure, you know, you're well prepared. You for are. Yes. What to expect for this episode. Exactly. I will give a reminder trigger warning. Um, so if you do want to listen to the episode, but just skip over those parts, um, you know, make it a little easy for nice. you guys. Good and yeah. So also, you know, if you're not following us on Instagram, oh, please yeah. do. We love to see the new followers. We love to interact with everybody. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter sometimes, <laughs> and yeah. you can find us at Midwest Crime. Um, Facebook is at Midwest Crime Podcast, and email us the old school way at Midwest Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Right on. Yes. So now we're going to get into the case. Okay. And we are going out of the region for this one. Woo. Yes, we we've we've been in region for quite oh, a while yeah. now. So I feel like, you know, it's we can we can take a trip. And we actually are taking a trip to good old LA, California. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to be covering the Cecil Hotel. So some of you extreme true crime junkies will be like, oh my God, yes, I've heard of the Cecil. (laughs) And what made me want to cover it was I had listened to a few different podcasts and over the last few years and the Cecil pops up time and time again. And I was listening to one the other week and I was like, I remember that name of that hotel because it's kind of a Different name, right? Yeah, Cecil. I think it sounds cool. Oh, but. for sure. And so I was like, you know, let me just dabble in this. It's I know it's in California, but let me see what, you know, yeah. what's the fuss? <laughs> and as I started to research, it ended up becoming research. And I was like, all right, yep, we, we need to share yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cool. So the Cecil was built in 1924 by three hotelers, um, William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Shops, as a destination for business travelers and tourists. So typical hotel. Um, It is in LA, which is, you know, it is now, but also still used to be a more touristy, you know, attractive area. And so it was designed by Loy Lester Smith in the Beau Arts style and constructed by W.W. Patton. Um, the hotel cost $1.5 million to complete and boasted an opulent marble lobby with stained glass windows, potted palms, and alabaster statuary. So if you, yeah. And if you Google this hotel and look up pictures, um, it does look like a, you know, 
a fancy hotel. Like, you know, you're going to walk up in a tux. You're not oh. going to go in your flip-flops and, and tank top. Oh, dang. Which, it's intriguing, and we'll talk about this more, The um, how this changes throughout time. Okay. Of what, you know, where it was built to where it is now. And so... The hotel has 19 floors, which is pretty tall. Yeah. Um, it has 299 rooms and 301 suites. So typical rooms, you know, versus a suite has couches or, um, you know, like, a little kitchenette yeah. sometimes. Um, Sorry, but, I just shooed yes. the cat away. My cat <laughs> is really trying to eat my tree here, and we've been fighting with her and have put off recording for a little bit now because she's my cats are being troublesome today. <laughs> um, so if you hear it, that's what it is. Yeah. If you hear a little brush holes right. on the side, that's, yeah. that's yeah. me shaking the tree. Uh -huh. to get we are not adding soundtrack to this. No, it's, no. it's just the cats. Um, but so... The three hotelers invested about $2.5 confidently in the enterprise with the knowledge that several similar hotels had been established elsewhere downtown. Um, but within five years of its opening, the United States sank into the Great Depression. Bad and, timing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, in 1924, when this was built, 1920s was a very hustle and bustle thriving time. Right. And we see this with a lot of businesses and a lot of different things that were erected during this time that it just kind of devastated a lot in the country. And this hotel definitely saw its share. Oh. So although the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination throughout the 1940s, the decades beyond saw the hotel decline as the nearby area known as Skid Row became increasingly populated with transients. Now, sometimes this is another one that true crime junkies will be like, oh, Skid Row. Mm -hmm. I've heard that before. Um, you know, it's, it's a very... Um, like it's like I said, transient. Mm -hmm. A lot of travelers come and go. And, you know, when you get areas like that, sometimes it ends up being kind of a rougher neighborhood because people are just there for Vacation a short time. Or yeah, yeah. Or business. Yeah, um, yeah. And business. Yeah. So as many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four mile radius of the hotel. Um, by the 1950s, the hotel had gained a reputation as a residence for transients. It was kind of, you know, pay by the night, come and go as you please. Gotcha. In 2007, a portion of the hotel was refurbished after a new owner took over. Nice. In 2011, just a few short years later, the Cecil Hotel was rebranded as Stay on Main, complete with a new website. Its old website, um, thececilhotel.com, expired at the end of 2013. Mm. So is it called Stay, Stay on, on Main? Main? Yeah, oh, now okay. it is. Now it's... It is called that. Um, but it's mostly known. Right. It's more well known Cecil. as the Cecil. Okay. In 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City hoteler Richard Bourne for $30 million. After which, another New York-based firm, Simon Barron Development, acquired a 99-year ground lease on the property. Which, Dang. Yeah, exactly. 
it's crazy to think of this was built for a million dollars and in 2014 it was purchased for 30, 30 million. million yeah <laughs> it's it's quite it's interesting to say the least yeah in 2016, Matt Barron, the president of Simon Barron, said he was committed to the preservation of architecturally and historically significant components of the building. Oh, yeah. So that's nice to know that he's at least going to, you know, keep try to keep it. Keep the yes. stuff that it had prior. Yeah, right, that's right. good. And what it's love known it people, for. Yeah, yes. I love when people do that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate the history. Uh-huh, right. right? If it's, it's not broken, don't fix it. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless it's literally, <laughs> literally broken or broken to the point where it's not effective. Yeah. We still got to keep people safe. Thank you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so these components uh, were the hotel's grand lobby, um, but his company planned to completely redevelop the interior and fix the hodgepodge work okay. that had been done in more recent years, which happens, you know, a pipe burst. They they fix the problem. They don't necessarily look at the grand design right. of things. Mm -hmm. um, beyond renovating rooms, the del developer also plans a gym, lounge, and rooftop pool. Wow. Um, this is all projected to be completed for some time uh, next year. So nice. we'll, we'll see what happens. That would be cool. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny that they added the gym, but I feel yeah. like a lot of people like almost require that for oh, their hotels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, but me either. <laughs> like, I could care less I if they had a gym. I'm more excited when they're like, "Oh yeah, it has a pool." I'm like, oh, I can yeah. get my workout there. Oh, definitely. Quote unquote workout. <laughs> You're just chilling with yeah. the drink in your hand. Exactly. So. In February 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument because it is representative of an early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architecture's body of work. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks to the Baron guy for keeping all that. Right. Exactly. And that's yeah. very cool to see a guy that, you know, comes in and doesn't just completely change everything oh, right? in the model. What is significant, and it's more of a notorious significance, but still it is something that, like I said, the architecture is specific to that time. So yeah. that's important as oh, well. Yeah. Um, cool. So now we're going to go into the location in case anybody wants to, you know, tour it real quick um, and a little bit about the crime statistics. Okay. So, it is within the Los Angeles metropolitan area. Um, its address, in case you literally just want to Google map it and go, <laughs> is 640 South Main Street, Los Angeles in California. Um, it literally is in the area called Skid Row. The area is also known as Central City East. I haven't heard that very much, but I found it. So maybe that just perks someone. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I've heard of Central City East. <laughs> Um, as of 2019, the population was 4,757 in just that that specific area. area. Okay. Yes. Yep. I got you. Not of Los Angeles okay. in general because we know that's... <laughs> well, and like this may seem also low for being in the LA area, but right. also, like you were saying earlier, it's like this area is mainly for 
comer, like transients. Yes, come, transients. come and goers. Uh-huh, right. So. Yeah. So it's like the actual population is different from who is there probably in a given day. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Skid Row originated from Skid Road, like literally R O A D Road, road <laughs> um, which was a forest track over which logs were dragged to get to either water for transport or the mill. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. Random. I like the fact, yeah. though. It's cool. By 1915, Skid Row had become to be used to indicate a street or area of cheap shops and resorts, a relatively dis- disreputable district. Gotcha. So, that's where it kind of got, you know, it's... It's named, so to speak. Okay. Um, Within the LAPD central area, this includes Skid Row and other areas of downtown Los Angeles, crimes constituted 58.96%. In 2005, auto thefts, aggravated assaults, and robberies made up 59% of crimes in Skid Row. Um, It's interesting, especially with the episode we did... um, a few weeks back, you know, auto theft, aggravated assaults, robberies, those are property crimes, mm-hmm. right? And it's, that is the stuff that is more common to happen. Right. It makes sense that this area has, literally has that statistic, but also people talk about Skid Row, you have that idea of like, well, that's probably what's yeah. happening. That's what yeah. goes down right, in right. Skid Row. Or yeah, yeah. There are interviews of people living in the area that imply that it is, quote unquote, hell on earth. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty that's rough. An int- intense statement, but. It is. I'll take their word for it. Yeah. I, there was, I watched one of them. I didn't watch many of the interviews, but mm-hmm. the guy was talking about it and it was, it sounds like a rough area no. and a rough spot to be part of. Okay. Um, it's interesting that it is still so popular and, um, you know, it's kind of a touristy spot still. Yeah, interesting. So now we're going to get into crimes and things that um, were committed. Um, at, as the area where the Cecil Hotel is located beca- began to decline, suicides and other violent deaths on the premises became more frequent. Mm-hmm. This, um, so here's trigger warning. We are about to talk about suicide. Um, maybe skip, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or so. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. it, not literally, but it, you know, we definitely, there's quite a few cases of suicide on the premises. So we do have quite a few stories that we're going to briefly, um, cover, but okay. if you're skipping ahead, give a few minutes. Okay. Um, But so the first documented suicide at the Cecil was reported in 1931 when a guest named W.K. Norton died in his room after taking poison capsules. Um, Throughout the 1940s and 50s, more suicides at the Cecil occurred. By the 1960s, longtime residents had begun to call the Cecil the suicide. Oh my God. Yes. And we are going to go through quite a lot, like I've pre-warned and it's understandable why they call them, call it that because there is quite a lot of cases of suicide. Um, did you want to take a quick break before we jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. All right, crew, welcome back. Sorry, we had to take a quick break, get our waters and stuff, but, uh, we're going to 
go over the suicide stuff. We're going to go, I think Nico had to set up date by date. So yes. if you're uncomfortable, you don't want to listen, you don't have to. If you want to know all the details, please don't skip. Right, yes. <laughs> but we will um, go, you know, it'll probably be another 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. I, I just rough estimate. If you come back in and you realize, oh, they're not talking about that, you can always rewind. Too, True. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 So um, to continue, uh, this is in September 1932. So Great Depression era, mm -hmm. um, which is something that, you know, we'll see quite a few of. Um, but a maid found the body of Benjamin Dotdidge. He was 25 and he had actually shot himself in the head. There was not a note left, um, but like I said, this is the Great Depression, so this yeah. is something that, you know, at this point, it this happened. is something that was happening in our country, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, in July 1934, Louis D. Borden, uh, he was age 53, was found dead in his room at the Cecil Hotel. He severed his throat with a razor blade. Um, he left suicide notes, one of which claimed his poor health was the result of his suicide. Okay. Which is also something that you see with suicide is, you know, people are going through bad medical conditions or, you know, and it's one of those debates of euthanasia, mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah. it's never is it understandable, but, you know, when things like this Sometimes if you are, you know, living with cancer or things, euthanasia, I can understand. We yeah. never want to see it happen, no, though. right. And please reach out. Yeah. There's the suicide hotline. There's your grandma. There's us. Mm -hmm. Email us. Yes. Honestly, I will happily start an email chain with someone if I know that it. it I can make that difference. Right. Um, or, or Facebook and Instagram, as you know. We're any all any social of, media. Yes, yes, literally. Um, so back to the story. In March 1937, Grace E. Margot fell from the ninth story window. Um, telephone wires cushioned her fall, yet she would end up dying at a nearby hospital. It is unclear if her death was murder or suicide. And with, you know falling out of a window it is kind of on the edge you don't know oh, yeah which way that who was in the room with her right you don't know mm -hmm. especially in 1937 oh there no. are no cameras no uh, they just go by eyewitness right you know? exactly yeah no dna mm -mm. not yet mm -mm. um in May 1939, Navy officer Erwin C. Neblet, uh, age 39, was found dead in his room after consuming poison. No one knows why. It's intriguing the different uh, styles we yeah. see here as mm -hmm. well. Or well the, this was the second poisoning one, yes. right? So yep. That's interesting. Um, this one's kind of an interesting one. I, re I read this story a few different times, a few different places. It was all roughly the same story, though. Okay. So in September 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, age 19, and her boyfriend, Ben Levine, age 38, uh, were staying at the Cecil. Purcell, who claimed she was unaware of her pregnancy, gave birth in the bathroom to a baby boy. 
She ended up hurling her newborn out the window. The baby was found on the roof of an adjacent building. Um, she pleaded, pled insanity and wasn't charged for murder. So, the, yeah, that's not necessarily suicide, but I thought that that was intense Crazy. enough that yeah. if you're skipping suicide, you might want to skip that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, isn't that wild? Like, um, So did she – so she must – I don't know. So I'm just thinking. So did she plead guilty of, like – actually throwing her baby or could that have also been her boyfriend that did it though you know? right yeah yeah that's very true too the boyfriend she gave been birth like, and he was like um, what? excuse me yeah. not you mm-hmm. we are not having this kid and yeah and then yeah. just blamed her for it and that could have happened it could be all right um in november 1947 robert smith 35 died from jumping out one of the cecil seventh floor windows on February 11th, 1962, Julia Frances Moore, 50, jumped from the window of her eighth floor room. And neither left a note that is known. Um, <clears throat> this is another little lengthier one. Okay. Interesting. But one of the strangest deaths at the Cecil Hotel was that of 65-year-old George Gianni. On October 12th, 1962, 27-year-old Pauline Otten was arguing with her estranged husband in a room on the ninth floor of the hotel. After Otten's husband left, she wrote a suicide note and jumped from the window to the pavement below. Um, <laughs> unluckily, Gianni was walking directly below and Otten landed directly on him, oh, wow. and both were killed instantly. Wow! Yeah, right? Can you imagine getting into a fight? Okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I've had it, and then you both literally gone. land right on top. Like, what are the chances? No, my gosh, I don't even. That's nuts. You couldn't even plan to fall on someone, right? You know. Um, when the police first arrived at the crime scene, they initially thought that it was a double suicide. However, Gianni still had his hands in his pockets, which was inconsistent with a nine-story fall. After much police work, the truth was discovered that this was, in fact, a suicide that had caused an accidental death. That's nuts. Yeah. And that's something that I wouldn't have thought about. You know, his hands were in his pockets. You know, you, yeah. like, if you're falling, like, your hands wouldn't stay in your pocket. Right. I, so, good police work. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, on December 20th, 1975, a still unidentified woman, 23 years old, jumped from her 12th floor window. She enrolled at the hotel under the name Allison Lowell. And she stayed in room 327. Um, so what I what is an interesting point to um, the these this list that kind of stuck out to me mm-hmm. is this hotel um, has what did I say 19 floors? Yes. Yeah, 19 floors. And the highest floor that any of this happened was just that last one at the 12th floor. So, you know, I don't know if maybe it's more expensive the higher you go. Oh, I don't know. know, Yeah. But if you were someone who would be planning to commit suicide, you would think 
you'd go with a higher floor. Right. Yeah. As, I mean, obviously any floors are high, but, <laughs> but I don't know. That was just something that stuck out. And I just, it was, it was interesting, interesting details yeah. that you mm -hmm. picked up. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. I was thinking about that earlier too, when we were, you were going through like yeah. seventh, eighth, ninth and stuff. Uh -huh. And I was thinking about there was only 19 though. And I, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, yeah. It's interesting. It is. Um, so in addition to suicides, the Cecil's hotel history includes other kinds of violence and disturbing happenings. It also became a notorious rendezvous spot for adulterous couples, drug activity, and a common ground for sex workers. Okay. Yeah. So now it's fitting more into that skid row, you know, yeah. type. Um, so this is a story that I'm sure a lot of true crime people know of, and this is probably where you've heard of the Cecil first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, in 1947, Elizabeth Short, dubbed by the media as the Black Dahlia, was rumored to have been spotted drinking at the Cecil's bar in the days before her notorious and to date unsolved murder. The Elizabeth Short story is super, super intriguing. Okay. That's something that I think someday in in May, probably the far future, because <laughs> I'm sure it'll take a lot of research, I would like to cover um, on this podcast. But there is a, a story that I found very, very intriguing. Uh, it's a podcast done by... I can't remember if they're sisters or an aunt and a niece or I, I want to say they're sisters okay. of someone who was a descendant of George Hodel. And now that's a whole interesting story upon itself. He super interesting guy. Um, definitely very um, skeptic on him. Okay. But he is someone who has been thrown out as a suspect for her murder um, because it's in that case, I'm not going to go super far into detail <laughs> because right. this yeah. is all now from my memory. <laughs> um, but the Black Dahlia case, they suspected that the person who committed the crime would have had medical um, Skills. Yeah, skills of schooling and, um, you know, different things like that, that George Hodel kind of fits into. Oh, he okay. was kind of more well off. He didn't have to worry about money. He was medically trained. Um, and there's a lot of suspicious activity that he was involved in okay. and his, actually his son um, is said to be one of the proponents saying that he thinks his dad committed that crime because of things that he found. He's an investigator. The son Oh, is. dang. Yeah. So like things that he found and just different things from growing up and he, oh my yeah, I believe he even wrote I a wonder book about it. If he like became an investigator because growing up he, Oh yeah. He, you know, that was his reason. He's like, well, I'm going to find out and like start right. digging in on his dad. And oh gosh, that that's intense. Be, you see that too. And I think sometimes I joke like the reason that I like true crime so much is my dad's a cop. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, I am used to hearing not 
graphic, you know, dad never would share graphic things or, or anyone's personal information. He would tell general stories, but then you'd go digging for that information. And then you're like, whoa, what? You know? And so I think that, um, is why at least I am interested and I continue to, you know, research and try to consume as much true crime as I can. It's so interesting. But so Elizabeth Short is a definitely a very interesting case. All right, cool. No, you're um, good. okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, we're just you know timing. <laughs> Podcasting is one of those things that you know. Otherwise, we're pretty good. Um, so the unsolved murder of Pigeon Goldie Osgood still haunts the Cecil Hotel to date. This is another interesting one. Okay. Um, she was a retired telephone operator and was a recognizable face around the hotel as she protected and fed the local pigeons at nearby Perishing Square. So that's why they call her quote unquote Pigeon, Pigeon Goldie. Goldie. Nice. Um, in 1964, she was found dead in her room at the hotel. She had been assaulted stabbed and strangled in the ransacked room police found her los angeles dodgers cap and a paper bag full of bird seed one suspect was arrested 29 year old um jackie or jackies b eilinger (laughs) who was seen walking through the perishing square wearing blood stained clothes he was arrested um and he was you know one of the main suspects gotcha um i probably botched his name but you guys get the point oh yeah she's more important Uh uh-huh right i don't (laughs) know why the like the bag of bird seed it found in a room makes me so like it makes me so sad right well i mean if you think about it that's what was important to her you know that was her um her self-care what she did to you know Enlighten take her, her days, minutes and so. yeah enlighten her days um but yeah it's it's still to this day you know is not not he's arrested but it's not a hundred percent yeah now we don't have any no pigeon goldie to I feed know. our pigeons Come i on, wonder man. how many pigeons left i know right probably I mean, a some lot people I mean, probably be really happy about it but oh i'm sure <laughs> there's tons of people that are going thank goodness <laughs> Pigeons are out That's of here, right. but they don't know the story. True, them. right. It's really sad. They'd it want is. those pigeons back. They would. In 1976, now we jump, you know, a decade later, um, 26-year-old Jeffrey Thomas Paley purchased a rifle, climbed to the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel, and fired 15 rounds at the street below. Shortly after the shots were fired, Paley was arrested. Luckily, nobody was injured by the gunshots. Um, After his arrest, the former mental patient claimed he never intended to harm anyone. He just wanted to prove how easy it would have been for someone, even a person with mental health issues, to purchase a firearm. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a plea. Uh Uh-huh. If you ask me. You know, not... I wasn't going to hurt anybody. I just wanted to show you guys how easy it would have been. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So it's very interesting to, you know, we hear a lot more about shootings nowadays, Mm -hmm. but I feel as though it was less in the 70s. It's very interesting that he went to, you know, the rooftop to shoot at the streets below. Right. It's definitely not something you hear of very much back in the day. And I wonder if he was telling the truth, like if he was actually like 
didn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to hurt anybody, why did you actually aim right. towards where or people walk? Purchase blanks. Or that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why, There's why smart do you... ways to go about this. Yeah, exactly. Just don't do it in the first place, but you know. Well, I always... that's, that's the main point here. Just don't do it. Yeah. But if you are. Do you it know. the smart way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that too. Like, maybe he had terrible aim and didn't want to fess up to, you know. The fact that he was terrible at shooting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Here's uh, another um, why true crime junkies may or may not know of the Cecil Hotel. Um, Perhaps most infamously in the 1980s, the hotel was the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez. His nickname, the Night Stalker. Um, Ramirez had been a regular presence on Skid Row area of Los Angeles. And according to the hotel clerk who claims to have spoken to him, Ramirez is rumored to have stayed at the C-cell for a few weeks. Um, Ramirez may have engaged in part of the killing spree while staying there. He is known to have done quite a lengthy killing spree. Yeah, Um, Mainly sex workers, um, which is always... <clears throat> very frustrating that you know people choose to go for the um kind of a high risk victims mm-hmm. and and prey on the weak almost yes yeah yeah exactly yeah and he he is a whole interesting story in himself mm-hmm. uh, i know recently there was a netflix series released on him Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I watched it the day it came out. <laughs> watched the whole thing, and it it is very interesting. The thing that sticks out to me in his case the most is that the public is how he was caught, mm-hmm. and the public is what brought him to justice. And that is something that you literally brings joy to me because it's like. You don't have to be a cop. You don't have to be a professional in law enforcement mm-hmm. to make a difference. Right. Now, don't go getting involved and putting yourself at risk. But these people banded together because they saw him, yeah. recognized him, and alerted stopped the authorities him. and stopped him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he he's a goofball. <laughs> like, in... I don't even, I'm not even going to get into it. I might cover him someday. Like, oh, he, he was one of those that was like, poor, poor me. Like, thank you for saving me. Oh my god! And like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you literally brought chaos and just devastation to people. No one feels sorry for you. No. At all. Uh, Another... Serial killer that stayed was the Austrian journalist Jack Unterweger or Unterweger. Uh, he was a guest at the Cecil in the early 1990s. Uh, Unterweger murdered 11 prostitutes in Vienna, Prague, and Los Angeles, often by strangling them to their death with their own lingerie. He did this between 1990 and 1992. 11, 11, 11 people in two years. That's nuts. That's one every other month, yeah. basically. His first murder was in 1974, um, but he was released as a successfully re-socialized prisoner. <laughs> yep. Wow. So successful. 
Um, but through the court people, <sighs> after they saw his name again, you oh, know, I'm what, sure. however many years later, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, gosh, yeah. 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 Um, Unterweger stayed at the Cecil Hotel while he worked for an Austrian magazine writing stories about crime in L.A. He would use his status as a reporter to secure rides with LAPD and drive around areas that would soon become crime scenes of his own making. Oh my gosh, what a shady dude. Right? I had never heard of him before, uh -uh. Um, but definitely sounds pretty interesting. If we were to, um, you know, what do they call it? Jump, jump the river or whatever, not important. Okay. <laughs> but if we ever went over, you know, foreign, I think that he would be an interesting gotcha. case to cover. Yeah. He, uh, I, I have never heard, I'm sure other people have heard of him, yeah. but very intriguing hmm. to, and to get so comfortable with the LAPD, you know, that, that makes mm -hmm. me uneasy. So in now we're jumping a little bit further, more recent in 2013, this is another case that I'm sure people have heard of as well, as it is so recent. Um, by th by this time, it is rebranded as the Stay on Main, mm -hmm. although still maintaining the original Hotel Cecil signs and painted advertisements on the exterior, mm -hmm. which I'm going to post on Instagram a picture of the um, hotel. Cool. So if you didn't already Google it yourself, <laughs> you can check that out. Nice. Um but it became the focus of renewed attention when surveillance footage of a young Canadian student named Elisa Lamb uh, behaving erratically in the hotel's elevator, it went viral. Now, this is a super interesting case, too. And it's kind of, you know, um, they're unsure of what truly happened still. Okay. Um, but... The video depicts Lamb repeatedly pressing the elevator's buttons, walking in and out of the elevator, and possibly attempting to hide from someone. It was recorded shortly before her disappearance. Um, her naked body was subsequently discovered in a water supply cistern on the hotel roof. I've heard of this one. Yes. Okay. And this may ring a bell mm -hmm. because um, complaints from the residents of mm -hmm. the hotel, uh, the odd tasting water, low water pressure is how she was found in the cistern. Um, and honestly, it still remains a mystery. Like I said, the LA County coroner ruled her death accidental due to drowning with bipolar disorder being a significant factor. That's so I've listened to quite a few different, um, podcast and you know read a little bit about her case yeah and it hers is interesting because she like literally had planned out a little vacation wanted to you know just explore and yeah. experience life and i've also watched the video of this elevator situation okay it is very intriguing because like if you look at elisa lamb she is very non-threatening she doesn't look like someone who, you know, would be on drugs and be tweaking out at this hotel. Like she looks like a student who probably stayed here because it was cheap. Right. And just truly wanted to get to know Los Angeles. And it, in the video, it looks like 
She's, you know, almost someone's watching her. And she's trying to, yeah, okay. and she's I trying to like, hide. yeah, yeah, definitely okay. check it out. Um, but it looks like she is like almost hiding and trying to get away. Now there is also an alternative theory on this whole situation, right? which I, it's kind of one of those um, paranormal alternate theories. Okay. So, some people believe that she was playing, now I can't remember what it's called because now I'm going off memory. That's all right. A game where uh, pretty much like you go into an elevator and hit certain buttons and the elevator takes you to an alternate reality or an alternate universe. Okay. And so there's been talk of that, that like she was trying to play that game and that's how she ended up. In the, in the cistern. Yeah. That is less likely of a scenario for yeah. me. Although. Yeah, same. I would have guessed like possession maybe. Right. Because there's yes. multiple deaths. Like I kind of believe in that kind of stuff. For sure. But then also like the. So they said it was bipolar disorder. Yes. So I'm sure you're going to get to that about how. For sure. Yeah. It, like she could have actually had some type of mental health illness. Mm -hmm. And that but could have affected how she she's been, perceiving yeah. the whole. The she could have thought guy, somebody was, yes, yeah, was literally. trying to like get to her or whatever, oh, yeah. and she was trying to figure out the best way. Mm -hmm. And then her, I don't know, maybe she got up to the water thing and was like, "I need to get out," and saw it and jumped right. in, and then actually did drown herself. But yeah. I don't know. This is this is interesting. Oh, I know that her. I just want the answers. You I know? know, I just want to know. That's the whole reason we're doing this, too. The more people who hear about this type of stuff, maybe answers will come up. Like yeah. the old State Killer. Yeah. Things can be solved at a later time. And, you know, if we keep these stories shared, maybe it does strike interest and someone becomes the son of George Hodel and, <laughs> you know, brings stuff to light. Right. Or something someone will be at the hotel that day remember hear the story and be like oh my gosh yeah i did see her and yeah there was actually a dude following right her. um in cases like this and in missing person cases i always wonder and think to sex trafficking or um you know mm-hmm if people are acting funny on video cameras and they feel like they're being followed or they are being followed, like that's what I always think of, you know, was she there and ran into someone throughout her day, thought she saw them again, panicked, went, panicked, went and hid up oh. in the cistern, yeah, you know, like yeah. we don't know what was truly going on. It's a very, very interesting story. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah. why didn't she, like, if, if she was being followed, you know, why didn't she just go to the bell service? Right. You know? And, mm -hmm. But then you think about, like, well, people in that situation, you know, sometimes they're more scared, too, because what if the people at the bell service right. don't believe her? Yeah. You know? And then she's sent up to her room by herself anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a whole conspiracy, and actually they are in with it. And yeah. that's why oh, mental God. health is such a uh, big thing that doesn't get its its focus right yeah, right like more people should be focused on mental health and we should do more to help those suffering from dramatically suffering from this illness yeah mm -hmm. and, and 
bipolar disorder, you know, people just think, oh, they're hot and cold, but it's like the paranoia is a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the anxiety that can take place, it's no wonder that, you know, people are like, oh, well, she was playing a game. It's paranormal because mental health does that type of stuff to you. And especially being at a place that is so well known for its history. Like you said, it does kind of ring a bell to what could have been happening. Totally rule it out. You know, right. What if she saw a ghost? Yeah. You know, I'd freak. Oh, me too. I definitely, (laughs) I know. I know. We're freaking out in this room. But ghosts and paranormal, like you can't count it out if you can't prove it out. Oh yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. all right. right. We're going to take a quick break guys. Yes. And uh, And we're going to continue with some stories for sure. All right, cool crew. Cool. crew. The cool crew. The cool crew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump back in. So we just, we have another story, and then Nico has some fun stuff for us yeah. to talk about. <laughs> a little, yeah, yeah. A little different. Less yeah. doom and doom. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, one of the more recent creepy events uh, to take place at the Cecil Hotel was, um, it was actually just a year later than uh, Lisa Lamb okay. in 2014. A young boy from California captured a ghostly apparition on camera. And okay. see, now we're talking about ghosts. Yeah. He's getting proof. The picture appeared to show a transparent figure standing on the ledge outside a window on the fourth floor of the building. The photo was soon picked up by several news outlets. The possible ghost being quickly linked to the gruesome past of the Cecil Hotel. The young photographer told reporters, quote, when I looked at the window, it just looked kind of creepy to me. And then I showed my friend and he kind of freaked out. It just creeps me out still, end quote. He also claimed that the photo was causing him many restless nights. And again, this photo is up on the internet and obviously like it could have been doctored Okay. But the photo looks pretty legit. Okay. And it looks like a figure. Really? Yes. Ooh, I'm getting it, oh, Ooh, yeah. chills. Yes. <laughs> it, it's very interesting. And, you know, the further we go into the future, the more people are able to doctor stuff and yeah, you can't yeah. even tell. And you can add a shirt on someone or you yeah, can right. do all this random stuff. But things like this. Also, I still think can happen without people doctoring. Like I, I believe in paranormal stuff. Same. You can't discount it because you can't prove it's mm-hmm. not. So uh-huh. um, that and mermaids, but we won't get out. <laughs> um, but so you know this this story is very creepy, and you know I feel bad for the kid who happened to catch it. And I definitely can believe it just because of all the suicides that were committed and all of the people who fell out of the windows. Yeah. And I did look back real quick to see if anybody jumped off the fourth floor and I didn't see it. No. But I mean. But who knows? Yeah. It could have been the guy that was squashed on. Should I say it that way? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) I was killed. We do not mean to be to the victims. But yes. Sorry. That's terrible. But literally. The guy that was uh, accidentally killed. He was literally squashed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that he claimed that floor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very 
crazy and intriguing stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look up the video now when I get home and I want to check out that photo. Oh, yeah. Yes, Elisa Lam video and this um, the Cecil Hotel. I would just kind of probably just Google Cecil Hotel ghost picture. Yeah. And I'm sure it would. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe if I find a good enough one, I can post that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, So on... March 27th, 1987, the band U2, I'm sure many have heard of, (laughs) performed an impromptu live concert on the rooftop of a one-story building on the corner of 7th and Main in downtown Los Angeles, and that is right next door to the Cecil Hotel. The performance with the hotel featured as a backdrop was filmed and commercially released as a music video for the release of the band's song, Where the Streets Have No Name. The hotel is also known as the inspiration for Barton Fink. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's just kind of an interesting tidbit yeah. and kind of creepy. You know, I'm sure Where the Streets Have No Name talks to the transient mm-hmm. lifestyle. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I have watched... American Horror Story. I don't know if you, oh, ha- yeah. you have. Okay. Oh, yeah. Have you watched the hotel one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's said that the inspiration for season five of American Horror Story Hotel comes from the Cecil. Nice. And if you've watched it and you hear the, the stories of the Cecil, um, that is something that like certain parts of it, you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. That's, I can see where they pulled little I'm, things. I'm going to have to rewatch it yeah. then. And that see. one was a, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind that was of with creepy. Lady Gaga in it, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, Lady yeah. Gaga. You almost don't even realize it's her. Yeah. Like, definitely so her acting is, it's, I would say it's very good mm-hmm. for someone who came out as a singer first. Yeah. And you honestly forget that she's Lady Gaga. Right. Um. So, in the setting for the No Sleep podcast, season three episode, The Cecil Hotel, which adapted a horror fiction short story loosely based on the death of Elisa Lamb um, that took place in 2013. Um, that That's just another, a lot of, a lot of um, cultural th- things and movies and such have their roots in the Cecil. Oh, nice. Um, the hotel can be, oh, the, uh, the hotel can be seen in the background of Blink-182's video, The Rock Show. Um, that's an old school song for those of us who are old school. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, the song is from the group's fourth album, Take Your Pants Off and Jacket in 2001. They can be seen throwing money down from a single story rooftop located next door to the Cecil. Mm-hmm, interesting. So these are all next door, like near it. Yeah. I wonder if they like weren't able to actually do it at the Cecil, or they wanted it in the background as a because it's such a uh, landmark mm. that having it in the background, people would recognize Los Angeles. I got that. You. Okay, is that makes sense. Either or could happen, yeah. but that's what I thought of too. Mm. Um, in 2005, a horror film called Dark Water uh, came out, and it's about the death of a young girl named Natasha who drowned in a rooftop water tank. Um, 
if you watch the movie or if you read more about the movie, there are tons of references in the movie uh-huh. to where it's like, yeah, it's probably most likely based um, from Elisa Lamb's story. Gotcha. Huh. The hotel has long been considered one of the most haunted in Los Angeles. It attracts ghost hunters and morbid seekers all throughout the year. Many of the hauntings are believed to be linked to a high number of suicides, like we discussed, mm-hmm. um, that have taken place within the Cecil's walls, as the souls of the of the spirits have been unable to move on. Dang. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that if I was to go out to Los Angeles, I definitely think I would want to visit the Cecil. Don't know that I would want to stay there. Mm-mm. People who are listening who know me personally know I'm a scaredy cat. I don't watch scary movies. No horror films. Yep. I ingest so much true crime, it's not even funny. (laughs) I read it, write it, and listen. But (laughs) I cannot handle scary movies. Same way. So I would be intrigued to visit, but definitely like... That and, uh, what's the other one? Oh, the Win, Win, uh, Winchester House. Like the gun. Oh, oh, oh. The Winchester House is a super interesting house yeah. and story. Um, they, it was the widow of the founder of the Winchester Company. Um, she, like... She had a mansion. I know. I just had to let my cat in. She's just like breaking down the door. And she's just so happy. She's like, what's going on? You're not going to be famous unless you speak up. Nope. Forever hold your peace. Um, But the, um, her husband passed away and she got a little paranoid and like, also continued to build onto her house for all the ghosts that were on the property so they could have their own room yeah oh my gosh like the house there's like stairway stairways that lead to nowhere and doors that don't open to anything and like rooms that you can only access certain ways what it is very interesting in itself um i want to say it's also in california um but if that's something if i ever get near it I feel like I would want to check it out, yeah. but at the same time, it's like I'll go with you. Okay, yeah, All right. yeah. we'll walk through it real quick. And, real quick, like we'll right speak. in the morning yeah. when there's <laughs> the dark is nowhere to be near. Nowhere near. <laughs> we have hours uh-huh. of light. Yeah, and we'll just speed walk through it. Yeah, we'll bring like a hammer or something just in yeah. case the doors lock and we can break yeah, out. Right, there so we, mm-hmm. we can't we can't risk nothing no, no, here. No. <laughs> but it's said that she's she spent tons and tons of her fortune just on these red renovations it's a very interesting house as well okay a landmark you know yeah and the winchester like the guns yeah you know Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah so yeah i would probably visit like the outside of the cecil hotel Mm -hmm. And, like, go in the inside main lobby real quick yeah. and, like, look at... Because, I mean, like you were saying earlier, they... Right. Very um, beautiful. Yeah. And they put a lot of money into it to make it, you know, almost like a luxury hotel. Yeah, yeah. So, I would like to see that, but mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't stay. No. And I... Mm-mm. Nope. Me either. Mm-hmm. I definitely... And I have 
lived in a house with ghosts and have witnessed things to where if there's too much of it, no. Yeah. Like, I'm cool. They You're live moving. Their, yeah. <laughs> they live their life. I live my life. As long as they don't bother me, I'm chill with them being around. Yeah. But to this extent, might be too much for me to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, as always, um, please... Yeah. Follow us and Instagram and whatnot. Reach out if you guys have any suggestions on cases that we should cover. Um, feel free to comment or email us. Um, when we started this podcast, I had a long list of cases to cover. So we kind of went out thinking, oh, this is what we're going to do. And now we're at the point where I'm <laughs> starting to now research to find cases. Yeah. So if anybody has any good ones or anything, um, especially, you know, Midwest base, um, maybe not Illinois that I'm mm. very comfortable with Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, know a lot about Illinois, Indiana, uh, Missouri, uh, maybe like Ohio. Yeah. If we have what's some, happening yeah, there? What, what's <laughs> some crazy crime that happened in Ohio or shoot Michigan? No, yeah. Michigan has the Yip Ypsilanti. Oh, kids. yes. I really want to cover that yes. as well. Okay. And I'm hoping that if she's listening, we will let her remain anonymous, but we. I hope to have a guest host, <laughs> especially for that episode, cool. who is from the Michigan area. Dun, dun, dun. She knows who I'm talking about <laughs> if she's listening. Nice. But so that, yeah, if you have anything or just want to say hi to us, please reach out. Um, but as always, thanks, thanks for, for your time, time crew. crew.